316, a link to the past randomizer podcast. I am your host, Fear Agent. So first of all, I want to apologize for the lateness of this episode. I try to get all of the shows up uh, by midnight, the night they're supposed to come out. Unfortunately, this one's a bit late. I didn't record with Sunak until this past weekend. And then Sunday, I was gone all day to the Seattle Mariners game with my family. Had a great time. Had a lot of fun with that. Just had no time to really edit this episode. So apologize for, for the lateness of the episode. Uh, but I think it's a good one, and I, and I hope you enjoy it. So we're going to breeze through the opening here. Tournaments, of course, are going on, but the SGL 2022 online portion just wrapped up. That was the spoiler tournament. So you get 15 minutes to study the spoiler log, uh, and then and then it's go. Uh, I qualified for this tournament just on happenstance. <laughs> I don't know why, because I don't really enjoy spoilers. I think it's fun routing it. I don't really enjoy playing it. So I got knocked out relatively quick. Uh, but we did have the finals this last weekend, and Zelga took the whole thing over Gamachu. So GG's to both uh, Zelga and Gamma and everyone that participated. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I actually really enjoyed commentating those matches because it's a different perspective than regular rando when you know all the stuff, and it's all about execution and routing and performance it's different it's fun i really enjoyed it i don't think i made any predictions for this one which is of course i predict zelga to win everything and uh, i didn't predict anything i don't remember for this one and of course zelga wins this one so so ggs to zelga big fan of him gonna try to get him on the show for season three for sure uh, the league is back today uh, monday october the third the league is in full effect so we've had races going on all day in both the Invitational and the Open. It's a lot of fun. I'm very excited for the league this season. Uh, excited to watch all that's going down. Co-op AD is the week one mode. My favorite mode. Uh, let me correct that. Was my favorite mode until co-op retrants became a thing. Love co-op retrants even more. Uh, my team, the Divine Beastie Boys, will be playing this Wednesday and Saturday. Late Eastern. I think it's like 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday and 9 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, and it's going to be myself and Gamachu racing both of those. Pretty sure they'll be restreamed somewhere, so check those out. ALTTPRLeague.com has links to everything for that, so you can check out if they're going to be on Speed Gaming or uh, League channels, or maybe not even restream. We'll see. All I know is I'm very excited to play some co-op. The 216 Weekly this past week was True Pot Hunt, which I did a, a couple of seeds before the weekly, just to kind of get my my mind around what was going on. It's a Triforce hunt. There are 420 Triforce pieces mixed in and you need 213 pot sanity and shop sanity. So there's a lot more checks. The first one I did, I thought was pretty fun. You start with boots in the lamp and I think 420 rupees. The first one I did, I thought was a little fun. The second one became a little less fun. It's, it's definitely a casual mode. I don't know if I enjoyed racing it. This kind of falls in the lines of like a multi-world. I'm just, I just don't, it's not for me. I, I know people can have fun with it. And I know, uh, I know people are having fun with it over in the AVN art tournament. I think it's like the most played mode there, but it's just not a real like competitive mode, <laughs> which is fine. It's, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's a meme mode. And so like we, we, we had it on the weekly. Uh, it'll probably be the last time though. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that the 216 weekly has to be like super competitive, but uh, it's just hard to commentate <laughs> because you're, you're just doing everything. There's less thinking that goes along. You just kind of open what you can open. It is entrance shuffle. So you're trying to find all the entrances. Uh, it's key sanity as well. So you're trying to find the keys and there's a lot more keys since the pots are shuffled. It, it's worth playing for sure, but I, I don't know. I, as far as racing goes, I, I'm not super crazy about it. So we featured Shinmaru and Plasma Kappa with Plasma Kappa taking the win. And he has chosen Invrosia for this week's 216 weekly, which corresponds with the league uh, because on next Monday, it will be week two and that is Invrosia week. So you can get a little Invrosia practice for uh, week two at the 216 weekly this Saturday, noon Eastern, as always, restreamed on my channel, twitch.tv slash agent underscore, and we'll be playing a little Invrosia. Today on the show, we have Sinek. Great conversation with Sinek. Sinek and I go way back, and Sinek is just such a huge part of the community. He's had such a huge impact uh, on almost all aspects of the community from from Sahabot and what that does for generating seeds and, and making the game playable and accessible to admining tournaments and running uh, the, ma the main discord and being in charge of like the council and it was just everywhere. So we have a conversation about all of that. And 
I think it's a really good one. Towards the end, Sinek gets a little bit more candid and talks about, uh, you know, the burnout. I just think it's a really great conversation and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. So enough of me. Let's get to that. All right, Sinek, I'm super excited to have you on the show. I, I, I mean, you know this, but you are so instrumental in, for me, the league creation. Like the league would never have become what it has because of you. And in turn... All of Rando was changed when you when you created Sahabat and everything. So you're such an, an important part of the community. I'm, I'm glad you, you agreed to come on here and talk. Oh, no problem. Glad I'm joining you. So you, there's a lot. I have, we have a lot of history because, again, we talk we'll talk about the league and stuff. But where did you first stumble across Link to the Past Randomizer? Oh, that's a really great question. So um, it started actually at a GDQ. Um, okay. I think it was. AGDQ 2017? No, it was SGDQ 2017. I, I, it's, a, it's been five years. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I remember like watching some people play r- Rando. It, it just became like starting to become the thing, right? And right. then you had like the, the tournament coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, you know what? Oh, there's this key sanity tournament. No, so actually the first tournament I played in was key sanity. Like I just mm-hmm. went like at the time, at least like head first in the whole thing. Sure. Um, and then throughout, I started making kind of connections with people in the community. Um, mm-hmm. Going to in-person events can be pretty great at doing that. By the way, SGL sure. right. come, come uh, <laughs> yeah. to you this month. So yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll be there. But uh, anyway, awesome. we'll go back back on back on topic here. Um, <laughs> no, there's no topic. It's literally just us talking. So yeah. you were already familiar with GDQs and speedruns before you mm-hmm. got into Link to the Past Randomizer then, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so my first GDQ I went to was uh, in 2016. It was SGDQ 2016. And it was okay. because I found out it was up in Minneapolis, right? And I'm I'm uh, I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. So that was like, that was like a three and a half hour drive, three hours if you don't fear the Iowa State Police, but, um, um, but yeah, it was, it's not that bad of a drive, right? And I could just go up Uh for like the week Mm -hmm. and I may start making some connections with people and kind of one thing led to another. Sure. So let's even rewind it back further. What were you playing as a kid? I mean, you, did you grow up as a gamer? Were you always playing Nintendo games? Is Zelda kind of part of your history or where was little Sinek playing back in the day? I had, I had my super Nintendo. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like 35 years old right now. So back then late to the past would have been 93. I would have been about six years old at that point. Okay. Um, I got a copy of a link to the past as a birthday present mm. from my parents. Okay. Um, and that's, I'm, I remember uh, back when I played a link to the past initially, I, I never went past uh, Eastern. I never made it past <laughs> Eastern. Like I okay. would always spend like time exploring everywhere else, but I didn't want to do the dungeons and it what wasn't was until later. I actually don't know. I think it was because I was six years old. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I get that. Uh, but Maybe there was a puzzle I couldn't figure out or something. Mm, but, um, yeah, yeah. But then I remember, so I had a, a babysitter over at one point because uh, my parents were gone for multiple days. So I was at a, I was with a babysitter, mm-hmm. and the babysitter and I we actually worked through Link to the Past together. Oh like, wow! She helped me like actually beat the game. Right. That's awesome. And yeah, and that's actually the first time I ever completed the game was yeah with that with her help. I don't even That's remember so who cool. she was at this point, but mm-hmm. um, little, little, little Sinek there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of why I got my love of the game. I'm sure similar story to other people in the community. Sure, sure. Um, oh, uh, so what I was going to say, though, is uh, for some reason. So, all right, you know, so everybody knows Hula, the Hulahan room, right? Right. Well, right. I came across it accidentally dropping down from Ganon. Oh, uh, back in the day. I don't know how, I know that there's a setup for it. I don't know actually what that setup is. I'm uh-huh. going to guess that there was probably a bit flip or something happened with the Super <laughs> Nintendo or whatever that actually caused it in my case. Sure. But the thing is, is that none of my friends believe me. 
So I would explain, oh, hey, I, I went to the Houlihan room <laughs> through the Gannon yeah. Hall, and I had like a friend of mine that also played Link to the Past, and like, no, you're you're BSing me. Like, there's no way, and I, yeah. I couldn't prove it. Like, nobody witnessed it. So oh, that's so funny. I, I feel yeah. I, I know now there's a way to do it. So I feel vindicated that yeah, it is a thing. <laughs> that's so funny. Just thinking, I can just think back as kids, be like, oh yeah, because everyone embellishes what they did right when they were playing the Zuda games. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I once saw this da 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 da, and you talk about all this like silly bullshit, but. Uh, you actually did the Houlihan on accident and no one's going to believe you. That's so good. <laughs> sure. You did Sinek. Sure. Sure. You did. Sure. You found the Houlihan room. <laughs> well, my, my friends knew about the Houlihan room. Like we right. had Nintendo power. We figured out how to, how to get mm-hmm. there. But the only way we knew of was at the start of the game, you basically rushed the, you rushed the pyramid or the, the uncle drop down from mm-hmm. sank was a way right. to do it. But like, it was unheard of to do it that way. Per, and now I understand per, yeah. like the mechanics of it. So now <laughs> right. I understand uh, why Houlihan happens. And now <laughs> right. it all makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. As a kid, it's all magic, right? Like how video games yes. work is all just, especially back in the day. It's like, Oh, there's no way that that happens. That's too good. Yeah. So did you stick with Nintendo as you grew up or were you, did you stay a gamer as you grew up? Yes, I did. Um, I only had the super Nintendo as a kid, uh, by mm-hmm. the time the N64, uh, became a thing. Parents were like, uh, you're old enough to have a job. Mm. So, <laughs> or so you you're, you're close, you're, or you're older. Yeah. I ended up, uh, yeah, I ended up not getting, yeah, I ended up not 64. getting in 64. So I, I basically just had to live off the, the super Nintendo for a long time um, sure. as a kid, but were you yeah, playing I, it at your friend's I, house and stuff or yeah, I did have a neighbor that had an N64 and that's who I mm-hmm. bummed off of. Sure. But yeah, I, I've been a gamer my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm a PC gamer now for the most part. So you can't afford a 64 because your parents aren't buying it for you. And, uh, you're, yeah. you know, 200 bucks for the game consoles, you know, it's steep when you're yeah. first starting to make money. Um, where does it go from there? Do you, do you eventually just move into all PC games or do you start buying consoles or where are you going? Um, so what happened was is in 1999, uh, my parents finally bought a computer. It was an iMac. It was okay. it was one of those great colored ones, the boat anchor. Mm, right. Maps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Fish tank map, like well, yeah. however you'd want to like <laughs> yep. frame yeah. it. But sure. the the thing that happened, right, is I found like demos of Mac games. Mm. So I would I would get that's kind of what I would play. Right? Sure. For and then sure. eventually I got my hands on the demo for the original Unreal Tournament. Oh, okay. From back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up convincing my parents to buy me the um, the Mac version of you of Unreal Tournament. Oh, my nice. parents had no clue that it was a violent first person shooter. Sure, sure. But, yeah. Um. But yeah, and then I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, mm-hmm. I I was I ended up joining a a, a a Mac gaming clan for you for Unreal Tournament when wow. I was young. Wow, that's uh, going we were right bad, back. but sure, sure. But you had fun. Everybody right? remembers gaming clans, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's where <laughs> yeah. I got my start um, too, for sure. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of the history of my uh, of my gaming and. So you stick? How did you stick then to- with the the Mac stuff, or did you end up moving into PC stuff? Was there any other consoles that you were picking up and playing a lot of, or uh, the PC? Uh, we eventually got a PC in the house, and I ended up upgrading the GPU on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played you Unreal Tournament two thousand four on that for a while. Oh, okay, okay. Um, now I learned the hard way as well that when you install a GPU on a machine, they tend to take consume more power than what mm-hmm. the stock a power supply that a PC typically gives you. So this thing okay. would blue screen all the time until oh, no. I learned that. And I ended up buying a better power supply for this, this <laughs> HP pre-built desktop. Sure. Had like a, I think it like I had 150 watt power supply in it at the time. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so were you like yeah. into like the hardware and software side of stuff of like yeah. figuring out how things work and how, and, and how to put PCs together and stuff? It's it's what I did for a living. Oh, okay. <laughs> so all right, 
Yeah, I, I work in, I, I'm a, I'm a systems administrator. So I work more on the server side of the house. Sure. And, and I'm a, a cloud. I, I, I specialize in Amazon web services. So like if you oh, have like okay. an AWS problem, yeah, I can probably help you out with that. But, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, that's kind of where it all went to. But yes, I, 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 that kind of then led into what I, my IRL career, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the love of software and, and hardware and stuff. Um, so when did you get into speed running and when did you find Twitch? It was because you don't just like, I actually you watched, just don't go to yeah. a GDQ, right? You got to like, there's something that like kind of informs you into that. Yeah. Well, I went, I, I, I watched GDQ online first. Okay. Um, I found out about it somehow. I don't remember. This was sure. like over 10 years ago at this point. But were you watching like speed runs and like the YouTube algorithm yeah. sort of like directed you that? I think so. Uh, I don't, I'm, I don't remember exactly who I started watching at first, mm -hmm. honestly. Again, so long ago. Sure. But I remember spending, I, I had a, a help desk job at one point mm -hmm. that, the Saturday, so Saturday, so I worked like, I worked weekends. So it was like a, it was, I think it was like Wednesday through Monday or that I worked or Thursday through Monday that I worked and I had like Tuesdays and Wednesdays off midweek, mm -hmm. but the weekends were very dead. So I would just pull up my phone and then start watching stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then I found out about Twitch. I think that's sure. kind of where it came from. It's just like the, yeah. the weekend boredom. You have to be available to take a call. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of where it came from. Do you remember? And again, this is way back, but do you remember what games it was that you were interested in watching like speed runs for? Was it retro stuff the or was it more modern stuff? I think it started off with super Metroid. Oh, okay. Which is probably uh, a comp. You'll find that a lot. So I know mm -hmm. that's a that's a very hot speed game. It's, sure. And I I very much love playing Super Metroid as well on my Super Nintendo. Sure. So so that's kind of a game that resonates with you. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So then when you find out about GDQ and around you said around 2016, it's still it's bigger, but it's still not quite the beast that it is now. Do you know anyone that that you're going? To the convention for or is it just there's a lot of people who are going to be there and i want to watch it i just wanted to check it out um mm -hmm. i found out it was in person i had a i had a buddy of mine that actually came up with me as well so i mean i had mm -hmm. somebody to go with but otherwise i didn't know really anybody in the community at that point okay. like the whole okay. thing was i hadn't made those connections yet so to speak sure sure so you find out about link to the past randomizer you know mm -hmm. you, you, the connection that you have from your from your childhood days with your babysitter <laughs> completing the game what was it about link to the best randomizer that kind of hooked you uh it was a game that i really liked playing and then and i'm sure this is a very stereotypical answer because it's true is that it, sure. you kind of get to play it repeatedly mm -hmm. yeah you get to enjoy the same game on repeat that's kind of sure. why a lot of people really appreciate randomizers and sure and that's why randomizers exist <laughs> right so so you <laughs> From because everyone thinks of you now as like one of the de the developers and of course Sahabat and all the stuff that you put on the back end, but you just that wasn't what you were doing first, right? You're just no. literally just playing the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So it started off with that, and then um, it was uh, AGDQ 2019. We had well for SGDQ 2018, we put together. Um, we put together like a, a community dinner, so to speak. Okay. And I went and I organized all of that and it allowed mm -hmm. us to kind of, unfortunately turn into a slight disaster because the caterer like dropped the ball hard on us. Mm. Completely forgot about our order. So like I'm sitting here, like it's like 20 minutes after we're supposed to actually get it. <laughs> and I yeah. had put this all together. Right. And they're, uh -huh. so I call them up and like, our what order? And I'm like, <laughs> seriously? Oh, Jeez. So yeah. they go and they finally find it. It's like buried in their paperwork and they go and they just basically rush out the, a meal for us and they comped us like half of it. Wow. So I got a big discount on it and I kind of then pumped that back in as a donation to the marathon. <laughs> sure. That kind of then led into then uh, doing the CKC three and all. We did a lot of like events for, uh, AGDQ 2019. So like when you went there, I made we put up like a Discord. We put together like a cooperative like a big cooperative race. I 
I don't want to get too deep into exactly what it was because I'd be here for like 30 minutes explaining sure. exactly what it was. But but basically, it was we, like a co-op. Yeah. So when you say we, who's we at this point? Me. Pretty much everybody that showed up. Like I, I, I went through the I did. I, I create all the cards and, mm-hmm. and the rules for it. But like finally on helped me out with with things at the actual race, like for that. But right. So you're, yeah, you're playing the game. Yeah. You're getting into the community and stuff. Who are, who are these yeah. people that you're hanging out with? Who are the people that are like kind of embracing oh. you and, and being a part of, of, you know, welcome you into the into the community at the time? Oh, Chris, Crystal Sowen. He was a big. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, it was like this is Chris, Alu, Bileon. And this is early, early on into the rando, right? Like rando, as far as how we About think of it. About two years think, old at this point. Yeah, yeah. So it's the as the website at this point been developed, the alttpr.com. Absolutely. V, VTorp okay. had that done a long time ago. Like VTorp created that like in early 2017. Okay. Okay. You might have to bring him on the show if you haven't already to go through all that. But mm-hmm. so the story of all of that, with the, how the website came about was VTorp was wanting to use the randomizer. He was wanting to play it, but the current version of it was only a Windows app. Mm. And VTorp's a big Mac guy. Okay. So he was like, well, I mean, this seems like a kind of a barrier to entry, right? That you have to go and you have to have a Windows PC. You're willing to run some untrusted software on your machine in order to play this randomizer. And he thought, oh, that's no bueno, right? Mm. So that's kind of where the website came about was... He wanted to provide that experience to everybody. And the easiest way to do that is you don't have to download anything, really. You just have to go to a web page and generate your game. So that's right. where all of that came from. Okay. So when you, back when you're playing in 2017 and you're sort of developing relationships with people in the community, you talk about Christos and Chelsea and, and Alucard yeah. and stuff. Is the community pretty small and tight knit at this point? Or is it, is this like starting to boom? Like this is all pre my time. So I really have no idea. Oh, yeah, so it was it was I think smaller at the time. It really exploded in tw- in early 2018. That was the yeah. that was when it was featured at GDQ. Yep, yep, yeah. That's the common story, and that's my story too. Is hey, I yeah. saw Andy and Christos play, and you know, then everything kind of explodes from there. So, uh, but you're so you're big into like the idea of getting the groups together in real life because of your experiences with GDQ. Yeah, I, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty important. Uh, COVID kind of robbed us of a lot of that. And sure. I'm, and it's something that hopefully we can repair. Again, SGL. That'll be like the next big in-person event that'll have a lot of right. LTTP players together. Sure. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially with AGQ 2023 being online only now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So talk about racing a little bit. Did you start when you picked mm-hmm. up the game? Do, are you playing offline? Are you immediately jumping into races? So the first tournament I played in was... Uh, that was a key sanity tournament. Mm-hmm. I actually had a race against uh, Andy that I may in my in my in my head cannon probably could have won if I, but not really. <laughs> right. Um, right. I, I, made, I, just, some, I made some really stupid plays, but anyway. Sure. Did you just jump right into the key sanity tournament, or did you were you playing offline first? Um, I played a little bit offline. Uh huh. I would say a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it mostly just as a, a good way of killing time. Sure. So in 2017, though, like most of the races yeah. that are happening are these yeah. big SRL races. Are are those what you're taking part in? Or no, I didn't play any of that. I really, really? only so you, started racing. You just jumped in the tournament, the tur- huh? Yeah, wow. a lot of people did. I mean, like I'll tell you that Key Sanity tournament. There were a lot of brand new players in that Key Sanity tournament. Okay. At that point, that was kind of when it was starting to to take off. I think that tournament had like over 200 players in it. Mm. Uh, that was like a Swiss. And it was the tournament after that, then that was the massive 512 players. Right. Right. So was that Key Sandy tournament? Was that the first introduction to Key Sanity or Key Sandy already been a thing then? Key Sanity, I think, was just recently invented, was recently released at that point. Right. Right. Yeah. It felt like back in the day, a lot of the tournaments were based on, especially the main tournament was like there was a, a release to the game and a tournament to kind of feature the new stuff in the game. Yeah, so and that was like because that like Sandy one was like that. Yeah, and it was because like we were, it was a time of rapid development. You were really like 
there was a lot of things that you could do that development wise to really like improve the randomization of the game. Now we've kind of gotten to the point where now if you really want to implement new features, you're doing really crazy stuff like right. shuffling doors. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, you were, we're doing crazier and crazier things now, which so you're, you're kind of starting to get out of that realm of, of all right, yeah, you just don't. You're not, we're not coming up with brand new features every few months. Right, right, right. In fact, I think we've even done like a release in like since January, I think was the last release. Sure. And those I releases should probably are mostly get around just to... hot fixes, right? Mostly like they're not real new yeah. things to, to games. So what leads to then your, you joining sort of the development and side of, uh, side of, uh, of ALTTPR? Um, so I think it first started with, I was trying, so it actually came about when I was developing Sahasrabot. Okay. So what happened was, is that I was developing, so on the, so on the main randomizer discord, there's a daily challenge channel. Mm -hmm. So it has, um, so it has like your daily challenges that, um, that are on the website. There's like a daily challenge that gets generated, right? Well, what was happening was, um, I noticed that all these daily challenges had the same hash, like the same, uh, the hat, like the seed code, like when okay. you, on the main, on the select menu, um, uh-huh. that was, the, it was cause it's because the, the, the way the dailies were getting generated, it was never setting one. Mm. So I, I was trying to figure out cause like I was posting the, I was posting like the seed hash of the channel that, that code and it was like, mm-hmm. they're always, they're the same. Like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> right. oh, they are, they're the same, right? So I go in and I start digging through the code and I find the bug and I, I submit a PR for the fix, but VTORP already had it fixed behind the scenes in like a private mm. repository that I wasn't aware of at the time. Okay. And you notice that I had been basically coming up with the same fixes that he had, that he had done or even new stuff so i've been submitting like prs and that's kind of where that kind of came in mm-hmm. uh, i think that was mm-hmm. after i became a mod on the server on the discord server okay. that came about um early 2019 then that was shortly after yeah agdq that year okay at this point i've been freshly made a mod mm-hmm. and then it was me, Penny Royal Oil, and Christos, Chelsea, Byleon, a couple others were at this really small convention in Chicago for like some some small marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like Versus Expo or something like that. Okay. And we had like a we had a meeting over like the future. We like kind of informal, like it was over food or whatever and we're like just mm-hmm. talking about what we could do to improve things that's actually where the um racing council started oh okay so okay. we we were like we were having like this chat right we we're like figuring out because like at that point there was like i think there was still like the pending question of like mimic clipping mm-hmm. was like still like in the air right like nobody had made a decision on that right so nobody had really been making a, a decision Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, Chris was like, well, we should create a, we, we should consider just making like a, a racing, like a body, a governance body. Sure. We initially started talking this over, right? Like, what would this pertain? Blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. eventually we started creating the document. We, we spent like a few months on it, trying mm-hmm. to like create something that was going to work initially. And that's kind of where the racing council then came from it mm-hmm. was it was august early august of that year that we then okay. put out the racing council so you're kind of like a mod more than you are on the development side in in rando the, the at least the main discord then right that's that's what it feels like sort of um mm-hmm. i would say right now i'm mostly responsible for keeping the server ma- maintaining the server i help with vtorp with that I know he doesn't really like doing that. It's fine. On top of that, I'll usually release like the hot fixes. I'll put them together. I know that there's another one that's being developed right now that I really haven't touched a whole lot on. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that my role is kind of like a little bit of everything in that regard. Sure. I, I feel like we're we're missing some steps because it feels like. Yeah. I th- I, OK, so like VTorp. So when I think of Rando and I don't even know if I have the full picture, right? Like, sure. When I think of Rando, I think of like three people as far as like mm-hmm. who made Rando or what made Rando kind of what it is. And this might not be yeah. accurate, but this is more of the face. I think of you. I think of VTorp and I think of Chris. So I haven't really dug into like the history of Rando and I'm not even asking you to tell me the entire history of Rando more about you. But when I think of Rando and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, those are kind of the names that, that kind of pop up. You started playing the game in 2017. You just jump right into the tournament and then uh, you're a mod, right? So is it just because you're so entrenched in the game? Are you just part of the community, like hardcore, like playing the game and just, helping it i think so like i don't think there was like one specific thing that led to it i think um like i was doing restreaming for a while uh mm. that got my foot door on that hat on that part of it on the tournament side as well right. um the development of a sahas robot also i think kind of maybe cemented a lot of that because like yeah keep in mind is that so here's the thing right is that actually a vast majority of alttprs.com's code is not mine it is okay. it, it is vtorp wrote it Sure. With community contributions. And the ROM is at the at least early in on the game was all cat. Cat devs mm, games. Okay. Known as Car Cat at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so she created a lot of the code mm-hmm. for the base ROM that, that gets used. Mm-hmm. So And then was Christos was doing he was doing more like the logical stuff? Yeah, so Chris was dealing with the logic, the design, deciding, okay, what what should become a thing and what shouldn't, and mm-hmm. how well, how the randomizer should be designed. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Along with VTorp. VTorp also had a lot to do with that as well. Right. And then Kat was doing a lot of the coding to make it actual, actually work. Yeah, she was doing almost all of the ASM at the time. Okay, okay. Now we get a lot of community contributions. Uh, Khan has been pretty instrumental in in developing a lot of it. Uh, Querity d- did all the MSU1. Right. Uh, pretty much everything MSU1 is from is from Querity. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus just a lot of contributors just on the GitHub. Right. The ROM. Sure. But when people gen ROMs, they usually don't. Yeah. Most for races don't go to alttpr.com and, and gen the seed. They use yeah. Saha bot commands and they're mm-hmm. all built into race time, which, which you created. So yeah. before we get to Saha bot though, uh, you know, the league, I started the league in 2019. I went to, mm-hmm. I believe it was JC at the time who had like a speed gaming bot or used some sort of bot for uh, the main tournament. And I needed a bot and I asked him if he could, could help me. And he's like, I'm too busy. Maybe you should talk to Sinek. And I'm like, who's Sinek? <laughs> this is early 2019 <laughs> back right. when, you know, like when I first started playing the game, I had been playing about a year, but I didn't really, wasn't for really familiar with you. And he sort of recommended to me. So I remember DMing you, like basically cold calling you through DMs. Being like, Hey, I talked to JC. He said, I should talk to you about a bot for the league. Do you remember all this? Yeah, vaguely. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, I remember that. So I know that that, they had league bot, right? Which that was, the was first... a separate bot that I developed. Yeah. So no, no, that was like the first time I remember. Like we need something for the league. I don't even remember exactly <laughs> what we just needed a way to like gen seeds and do all the stuff that kind. I wanted to mimic what what um, the main tournament was kind of doing because it felt like they had uh, they were a well oiled machine by yeah. the time twenty nineteen kind of rolled around. So I kind of wanted to steal a lot of their ideas, but you know I didn't just want to take their bot. So you came and you developed a league bot, which was my first interaction with you. And you, and also was a way to like start genning seeds and doing things like that. That was that predated Sahabot. Like Sahabot is now part of the league and all, and everything. But yeah, the league bot was that was the first part of that. Yeah, Sahabot. Um, so there were a couple of bots that pred. That was league bot, and then there was also uh, spoiler. Like it was spoiler tourney bot mm, as well. Right. That was used for the spoiler mm. tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was those two bots that ended up becoming Sahasra bot. Right. Um, but yeah, so what you had a particular use case where, because you had like the weekly schedule, right? So like, right. It, you didn't really want to like run into a situation where people are being confused about exactly what should be generated. You just mm-hmm. wanted to make that relatively simple for the players to prevent right. mistakes. 
So right. that's kind of then where we went in and we we created basically a fairly simple bot at the time. To mm-hmm. basically, you said, okay, this is these are the settings for the week. All right, everything that uses the whatever command I used at the time for that mm-hmm. would generate right. this particular seed. Um, a lot of a lot of the learning that I had to do on that came from. So there's no so the alttpr.com's API doesn't really have um, any type of formal documentation. So you pretty much have to read the website's code in order to figure out anything, mm. um, which is fine because it was originally designed to only be used by the website itself. So right. like it was only designed to be for internal use. It wasn't designed to be tapped into by bots, and it still isn't to this day. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Um, which I think I'm fine with because like then we can make changes and it's kind of like well adapt mm-hmm. you have to fix your stuff now like because yeah. like because if you small tangent because if you make like an api public and you create documentation for it now you've created like an uh, unwritten covenant that mm. you're not going to change it or you're going to be willing to version it so that sure. like if you need to make massive changes that that like you you create a new version of that endpoint for those massive changes they don't break mm. backwards compatibility and mm-hmm. honestly, that's kind of uh. So mm. <laughs> if you never document it, if you never yeah. document it, it's kind of like, well, like it is we'll, what we'll it is. Informal, right? war- yeah, yeah. yeah it's totally. like you just need to fix your stuff, right? Like, yeah, we, totally. we don't, we don't have a, we don't officially endorse using the API endpoints, but they're there if you want to use them. We won't sure. stop you because it's because it creates cool stuff. So you, but you're the first one to be doing this, right? Like, um, at no. this point. Oh, you're weren't. <laughs> no, uh, so Fred Coughlin. Uh, so oh, Fred, he right. had a bot for S- right. So, so he had a bot for um, SRL. For, uh, SRL, yes, mm-hmm. that did all of that. But right, I forgot about that. Fred's a busy guy, right? So what mm-hmm. happened was when V31 came out, and I was talking about the API and completely changing everything. Yeah, the. The endpoints completely changed. What you had to send to them completely changed, uh, which mm-hmm. would have required significant updates on mm-hmm. on on FC bot on right. FC. Um, so instead, I took what I had developed so far for Sahasra bot and then tapped that into SRL. Uh, mm. Originally, the bot was designed for uh, generating. Um, the first time it generated seeds was actually for practice for Speed Gaming Live. Oh. It was the first time it actually started generating seeds. And okay. we set it up that way because we, we wanted people to be able to generate hintless games. Mm-hmm. Because that's what SGL 2019 was going to do. And okay. what the qualifiers were. Okay. Were hintless. Um, and there was a way to do it with the customizer endpoint, but that was like really complex to do. So right. we wanted to create like a practice command. That's actually where it all started from. Oh, That's, okay. That was the actual genesis of Sahasrabot itself. Wow. And generating okay. games. Before that, it was used for um, role, requ- uh, role requests. So you would like oh. opt in for like roles to ping. That's sure. actually the original reason why that, why Sahasrabot was written. <laughs> wow. Okay. Believe yeah. it or not. And then. And then it then also evolved into creating like voice roles. So like when you hopped into a channel, like you see that like in the league, like if you're commentating on a league race on one uh-huh. of the ALTTP or league channels, like you hop into one of the channels in there and it will show you a voice or a text channel that correspond mm-hmm. with that voice channel. That was uh Sahasrabot was also written for that. Oh man. As well. Man, that bot does everything, man. It does it all. It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does it all poorly. <laughs> no, no, so here's the no. thing is right that both those pieces of functionality, honestly, uh, there are bots on the market. There are discord bots on the market that do that way better now. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've had people like approach me like, Hey, I hey, can I use the Hosser bot? It's like, no, just, just use like a proper moderation bot that's designed yeah. for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like the only reason why I haven't removed the functionality is because that some people still rely on it. Like mm-hmm. some private disc, some I think like Saku still uses that functionality. So I, mm-hmm. I just can't remove it. Like I got to continue to support it, but I really don't sure. want people using it. 
Sure. So Christos isn't around much anymore. And Vitor, we see him on Saturdays doing coding and stuff, but has never yeah. really been like publicly the face of, of, of the game that much as far as like presenting stuff or displaying information. And it kind of felt like it got passed on to you. Um, yeah. How did that kind of happen? And how do you feel about <laughs> how do you feel about that kind of being like the the PR firm <laughs> for ALTTPR? Yeah, it, it happened on accident, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, I fortunately I recruited some pretty good mods mm-hmm. the last few months, like I think okay. earlier this year, that have kind of been able to take a lot of that off. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Like, I don't think I've, when was the last time I posted? All right, now I'm curious. When was the last time I actually posted in the announcements? <laughs> I think it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Let's see here. Dante posted a couple. Crow, eh, all right. Uh, mostly council, mostly mod, right? Like, that's kind of yeah. the way things are running. Right. Let's, talk a li- let's talk a little bit yeah. about you developing the, the council, because you said you had that yep. meeting with, like, uh, some of the people, but mm-hmm. you have always been right in the thick of it. Tell me about the process of it, how how it went, you know, that first term. You know, I was on that first term. It was a messy term. Um, yeah. It was brand new, right? Like, we didn't know what it was. Yeah. Did you know what it was going to be? No, I, I don't. How it kind of turned out now is is roughly what I expected. Mm-hmm. Not exactly. I don't want to go too deep into it, but um, the I'm glad that it got embraced. I know, like, when you ask, like, so here's the thing is that if you ask 100 people, what their opinion is, you're going to get 150 responses. So, (laughs) yeah. And that's kind of, and that's kind of uh, how the, the council kind of felt like when we, Mm -hmm. when we officially like announced, Hey, we're doing this thing. And you had like the giant thread and you had like everybody contributing their opinions, which by the way, like, it's not, I'm not like disparaging anybody or anything, but it got a bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think ultimately the one thing I was really afraid of, and I'm glad this, I don't think, I don't think this happened. And if it did, it was invisible to me is I was afraid I was going to get very clicky and mm. very, um, very once like it was basically going to become like a single party state, right? which I really wanted to not happen. And, and um, I, I think I'm fine with saying this is that I think I had some contingencies in my back of my head in case that ever happened. Which mm-hmm. fortunately I've never had to ac- activate on. Sure. Um, I feel like right now, even with the current self-selection process that occurs, um, that I think the council has fairly diverse, or at least as diverse as it's probably going to get. Yeah, yeah, I would say I'd say so. Yeah, that was like one thing that I was really afraid about was 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 really about things just getting very monolithic. Sure. And I'm I'm glad that hasn't happened. Yeah, I think you have a tough job in that one, it's not a job that you get paid for. <laughs> and two, oh, uh, you can remind me on that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two, you have to appease everyone because as small as this game is comparatively to a lot of other other games that are out there or being played, it's it's re- relatively small, but it's very fractured. There's groups and clicks and uh, yep. languages it's all it's all over the place there are people that want to race there's people that want to do glitches there's people that want to do multi there's people that want to do doors there's people that just want the bait i mean there's, it's, it's all over the place and you kind of have the duty i guess of having to try to like appease them all i don't envy that and i'm, I'm wondering if if i'm right in that assessment or if you see it differently yes but at the same time you have to draw a line somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't, again, I don't want to get into like specific, but there, there's been some situation scenarios in the past where I've, I know there was one recently where I had to take some adverse action that was very mm-hmm. polarizing. Okay. But I think it was for the best of the community. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's like you do, but at the same time, I think that's the strength, right? Cause like, all right, I see the ALTTP randomizer discord as like a nexus, right? Sure. It's like no different than, let's say, you have all these like clans like or guilds. Like I'm a big World of Warcraft player, right? Um, okay. And you have like on the same realm, you'll have multiple guilds that all have different priorities and interests, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll have like some guilds that all they do is just outdoor 
world content. They don't touch instance content at all. They're just completely 100% casual. And then you've got then you've got like the casual raiding guilds where maybe they'll like once a night for two hours raid. And they'll just get as far as they can and then they're done mm-hmm. for that week. And then right. and then you've got like your world first raiding guilds where their whole goal is to beat that boss before anybody else in the world does when it mm. comes out. And so you have different so people have different preferences and interests. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool, right? Right. Right. Um that's 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 something that that should be embraced and celebrated. Right, right. it's what makes the game great, right? It's not just one yes. thing for for everyone. It's it, they everyone yes. can make it its own their own thing. Sure. But at the same time, right? Like we also want to avoid overt toxicity. We yeah. really want to try to put a tamper on that. Mhm. But at the same time without like stomping on what people might think is fun. Right. It's it's a tough balance uh Fortunately, I've got a I got a pretty good mod team mm-hmm. that I think has as as some uh, good opinions on things, and mm-hmm. so like I try not to make decisions like that in a vacuum. Sure, I would say between like 2017 before my time and say around mid 2020 or maybe mid 2021, it felt like you were everywhere. You're playing the game, you're developing yeah. the game, you're doing Saha Bot, you're part of the league, you're part of the main tournament. You know, you're you're overseeing the council. You're just, you're just everywhere. Sinek is everywhere. It feels like you've kind of drifted a little bit. Probably, and I'm guessing for reasons, maybe burnout or uh, has, has Rando kind of burnt you out a little bit? Yes. Yeah. It's understandable. I mean, you uh, more, more so than anyone else I've seen in the last four years in the community have given so much of yourself and your time and your effort and your energy and your, your free time again, all, all, all without getting paid for it. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. It's so tough. Like I, I think back even in my part of it, like how much I used you to help create the league. And part of me feels bad, like trying to take advantage. I felt like maybe I was taking advantage of your time or not, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Can you speak on that a little bit? Oh, it was worth it. Yeah. I think right now I'm like in a, a spot where like, I pretty much, I feel like, I feel like I've done what I've needed to do. Mm. So I think that's probably the best way to put it. Sure. Cause like at some point you're kind of like, all right, what else can I, what else can be done? Right. Mm-hmm. That I feel comfortable doing. And I felt yeah. like I've contributed what I'm capable of contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to see. And I, there has been several people that I've seen. Don't have time to shout out everybody, but hey, we have all the time. Have really, in the world, man, we <laughs> shout out whoever you want. You take as much right. time as you want. Sinek. Okay. The floor is so, yours. Like, like there's like people like Dante, right? Um, Sigma, uh, Lamaga, Amareth, um, all these people that have been uh, willing to step up and and kind of do their do the thing that they like to do, or at least I think they like to do. Like mm-hmm. I can't read minds, of course, but <laughs> right. um, but kind of do their thing, and it's been really awesome to see. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm not announcing that I'm going away anytime soon. Sure. I I hope you don't. So this last main tournament was the last main tournament that I'm going to have a gold name. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm done with that. I'm still going to do tech for them, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I, I I don't really want to be part of the day to day decision making. Sure. Um, I, I feel like again, I think I contributed what I'm going to contribute. I mean, I get it, man. I've done a 10th of what you've done, uh, maybe a fifth. And I got burnt out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I I did the league and I did, you know, I was on the council and did some other things. I did a 10th of what you did and it burnt me out. So with as much as you do, I I completely understand. It's a thankless job, man. You, you put your, your, your job, your work into trying to make, you know, like the main tournament. I know you cared hard about like making the main tournament good and, and making Rando good. And then a lot of times people just shit all over it. And it's so demoralizing. Mm-hmm. I know how hard and it I is. Don't get, you, and I don't want to get negative, right? Like, like I don't want to get like, negative, but there's a real, there's a realism, there's a realism to it, right? Yes. Like, I think understanding the realism and 
and, you know, em- embracing it and then not letting it like destroy you. Right. Like, I think that's the, the big thing is, yeah, you can turn that stuff. There can be negative to deny the negativity is is false. There's just it, it happens and it's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to take that stuff in. Like, like, for example, you guys come up with main tournament modes for the last few seasons. Right. Like at first it was linked to what was being developed in the game as far as we mentioned earlier. And then it's just like trying to come up with new ideas. And I remember you guys kind of like one of the, the, the biggest backlashes was like the four, six thing four, oh, seven, four, seven fast cannon. Four, seven so fast cannon. That, <laughs> so that came, that was like a really weird situation. And so I think what came about there is that there was just, we thought that it would be off the beaten path enough that mm-hmm. kind of together, we thought that maybe that would become interesting, but then, clearly after we said the thing <laughs> yeah that it was it was clear i think it became pretty clear afterwards after we started gathering feedback on that 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 was uh not the correct course of action and <laughs> right, we acknowledge yeah. that i think that that's still the hard right? there like, was pretty it was um sure. the, but the criticism is valid there's not there's not like four seven would have been a bad idea extraordinarily valid but it <laughs> but, still doesn't mean yeah. it doesn't hurt right like oh man yeah I, I, we, we had this idea we put a lot of work into it it wasn't like you were trying to sabotage the community or anything it just it was yeah. just ended up being a bad idea and it, it you know that kind of stuff kind of sings sometimes even this last tournament which was i think very successful everyone that i see that i heard people talk about this this last main tournament was after playing it was like it was one of the better tournaments that you guys put on but going in again people just got a shit on everything that you guys do and for me because i was a part of that with the league it it gets tiring <laughs> it just gets tiring so i i think ultimately especially i know i because I, I think you're referring to like the inverted situation and sure i i think it would have been equally successful even if we didn't touch inverted Personally, yeah. I think that the the settings for inverted that we chose like later, I think I think I think made for made for for some fun gameplay personally. Yeah. But yeah, I heard a lot of positive stuff about the inverted after after yeah. people got a chance to play it. Sure, but that stuff's always tricky. It's kind of why I, I don't really want to do it anymore. <laughs> right, that's what I'm talking about. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Like I understand. I what I'm saying is I I understand. Zinac. It's tough when you put a lot of work into stuff, and even when it is received positively, there is still yep. a part of the community, and it's going to be like that in any community. It's not. This is not a rando specific thing where people are just immediately hear something and I'm like no, and you're like, but why? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that stuff can wear you down, especially with how spread thin you are. Like. You are legitimately everywhere in the community. So, yeah, I ended up being all about LTTPR anyway, isn't it? (laughs) Right. So you you started with playing the game, right? And then you got more into like the the, the behind the scenes stuff. Where, Mm -hmm. Where have you been the last few years with playing it? And when was the last time you actually played it? And have you enjoyed playing it? I'll be honest, like I haven't really played. I haven't really raced in a very long time. I think it was the last league, I think was my... The last time I ever played a race on race time, mm-hmm. I did do so. I do play it a little bit casually every once in a while, but mm-hmm. I think I've kind of moved on, so to speak, yeah. when it comes to like regularly playing mm-hmm. LTTPR. Now I'm a big World of Warcraft player. Uh, that's kind of what okay. I've been doing for the last year. Um, nice. I've also gone a lot of roller coaster trips. Right. I was going to get to this. Let's talk about the roller coaster yeah, thing right. because. A lot of people don't might not know this about you, but you're super into like roller coasters so much so that you know mm-hmm. a lot about them and, and are, are kind of like you go place. I don't know. You tell me what what is it about roller coasters and and what, what's your your kind of fascination? How do you how do you experience this stuff? So it's kind of like so it's kind of like the concept of like playing Pokemon. You got to catch them all right. In this case, you got to right. ride them all. <laughs> OK, like right now I'm up to 242 unique coasters written. Holy it's shit. My, it's, where I'm currently at, and I have a trip in November that's going to get that to almost 300. Not quite. Wow. Won't wow. quite be 300, but um, but it's kind of like you get to see like it kind of you go out and you get to see different places. Um, mm-hmm. You do it's a lot of travel, but generally most parks are located in big city centers. You're not mm-hmm. going out in the middle of nowhere, right? Uh, at least not yet. I, I'll probably get to that point some point where you know, <laughs> that level of credit honey. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but a lot of it is like being able to ride this awesome stuff. Like uh-huh. I like last year I went to I went to uh 
the Carolinas, there's a park that sits um, on the border of North and South Carolina called Carowinds. Okay. And I went there over a weekend over, um, it was Labor Day weekend last year. And I got to ride some pretty awesome stuff, including a roller coaster called Fury 325. Okay. Which its namesake is it's 325 feet tall as a 325 foot drop. First, the first drop is 325, 325 feet. It's, it's the tallest roller coaster in the world that has a chain lift. That has like a, that has like a lift hill. Yeah. And that thing is just absolutely nuts. And <laughs> it's not something that you get to experience locally, right? I have like I have like season pass for my my home park as well. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Adventureland, Iowa. Oh, nice. So are you traveling to do roller coasters or do you yeah. just find roller coasters as you travel? No, you're traveling to the roller coasters. I'm a lot of my travel has been explicitly to go to ride roller coasters. Um, wow. The the uh, there's been some situations where I've ridden coaster like it's been incidental. Like last year, uh, my employer sent me to Las Vegas for a tech conference mm-hmm. and I, I, I picked up a few credits there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, incidentally, just because I was in the area. But sure. but generally, yeah, it, it's it's explicit travel. I'm a I'm a member of an organization called ACE. Or American coaster enthusiasts. So okay. there's there's a whole club for this. There's <laughs> wow. a whole club, and okay. they and they run they a lot of their they're broken into several regions, and each region they'll run their own local uh, events for like a day uh-huh. and parks. Okay. So a lot of times I'll just travel just to go to these ACE events that are like wow yeah, and so I get to meet awesome people. Yeah. What makes a coaster good or bad? Like what 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 separates a, a coaster from a good coaster and a bad coaster? What makes a what makes a randomizer seat good or bad? <laughs> it's a matter. Perspective. It, the answer sure. is it's it's perspective and personal preference, right? Like, oh, okay. There's some objective okay. criteria, but there's mm-hmm. there's some objective criteria, right? Like you know. But, but again, then some people might dislike those linear jet seeds and some people mm-hmm. might be like, oh, that is miserable. Like, like, that's so fun. Right. Like, sure. Where am, okay. where am I going? Like, sure. So, but, OK, so for Synac, uh, what makes a good coaster? Yes. And a bad coaster? I was going to get into that. So um, I would say I'm I'm a big fan of coasters that are very that go fast. They're very fast. Right. Mm. Uh, fast, tall. Airtime is a big component of a roller coaster. So, like, it's that feeling that your butt gets lifted off the seat. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. And how quickly it gets lifted off the seat. So there's, like, floater air time where you kind of get picked up a little bit. And you're just mm-hmm. kind of just chilling uh, up in the air for just a little bit before you come back down. And there's ejector air, which is like you're just riding a bowl and you just get thrown off. <laughs> right? Or that's what yeah. it feels like. Right. There, There's so, like, coasters that have, like, a lot of air. I have a lot of air time are good. Um, anything that's like very unique or classic. Um, so like anything that's like fairly unique elements that you really don't see elsewhere. Mm. I like those types of coasters that are, they don't, they still right. feel like they're just like a copy and paste of, sure. of something next door. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. but they coast, um, a lot of times it might be like the theming. So there's a, a coaster in, Florida at Universal Islands of Adventure, which I'm sad that AGDQ isn't happening. I was going to get a ride. I was able to get some rides on that, but <laughs> um, but it has a impeccable theming, like down to like the second you enter that queue, you feel like you're in a raptor paddock from Jurassic mm-hmm. World. That this is like the idea of the coaster. If you ever seen like Jurassic World films at mm-hmm. all, but um, but basically what they've done is that for entertainment, they've put a roller coaster through the Raptor paddock that has like the four mm. uh, Raptors from okay. the film. Yeah. So you're riding through that and then you have like Owen. So they, they, they brought back Chris Pratt to do a pre-show video along with uh who was that other actor? Who, was it who Bryce played Dallas the, Howard? The, probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they did a, so they did like a pre-show uh, of them going back and forth. This is like before all heck broke loose on, on the Island mm-hmm. in the first film. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Universal took a lot of care into the theming of the ride, and that that really can improve the experience, especially sure. if you're going to be stuck in that. Especially if you're going to be stuck in that line for sixty minutes, 
Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. What's the longest you've ever waited to, to get on a coaster? Um, it wasn't a coaster, but it was at Disney, uh, Hollywood studios. It was rise of the resistance, which is like a dark ride. They've got there. I waited okay. three hours for that. Whoa. Was it worth it? <sighs> sure. Um, no, I, the problem, the problem was, is that we ended up getting the, it was, it was, don't get me wrong. It was a great experience, but we ended up getting the B mode on it. Mm. So a lot of Disney dark rides, what they'll do is they'll run, um, they'll have like different modes for the ride. So you have like a mode, which is like their ideal. Like if everything's working perfectly, this is what you experience. But mm-hmm. then they've got usually like a backup B mode. If like, let's say a key animatronic is broken in this case, oh. the Kylo Ren animatronic was broken. Oh. So without spoiling too much about the ride, basically instead they show you like an alternative like screen or whatever that has like a projection of Kylo Ren instead. Mm. Okay. Um, that's not nearly as cool, but it's there uh, from Disney's perspective. It's better to have that versus having the ride down. Mm-hmm. So, sure, sure. Yeah. But yeah, so we waited three hours, but I'll have to get another ride on it when when it's operating in a mode. Did you know that as you're waiting or is that something you find no. out when you're when you're writing it? Oh. I found out when I was after I'd written it that it was B mm. mode or I figured out during it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So COVID the 2020 2021 mm-hmm. must have been tough. Not be able to go do do the traveling that you you'd normally do then. Right. I mean, obviously COVID was tough for everyone, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, 2020 was effectively dead. Right. It was, it was a dead year. Like no parks were open. I didn't even get a season pass for my home park because mm. basically it was like they had only opened up in June and mm-hmm. I was like scared to death of getting COVID. Sure. And the park, what that park was not requiring masks so i was like no I, i'm out nope <laughs> yeah. not bothering <laughs> yeah yeah totally i saved all my money so yeah 2020 was effectively a dead year mm-hmm. but now you're back at it yep that's so awesome. good all right so we're gonna wrap this up uh with the way we do with everyone and i'm gonna ask you the tilt question so whenever someone comes on the show we ask them about tilt how you deal with it it could be related to link to the past randomizer it mm-hmm. could be related to a different video game just what's your approach to handling tilt all right, I'll, I'll provide a more recent example because I've been saying I've been playing WoW recently, right? Okay, and yeah. There could be there could be some pretty difficult boss fights uh, that you have to deal with, and that could be pretty tilting. Mm-hmm. The thing about raids is that they're team efforts. So you're in that you're in a group of ten to thirty people, usually all people that you know and you play with. You're playing with regularly, so. Part of it is, is you have to realize, I think, especially when you're playing like a team game, that yes, your 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 personal enjoyment's important, but at the same time, you've kind of made a commitment to the other people that you're with. Mm-hmm. And you're part of a team, right? So you gotta like mm-hmm. think of it in that aspect that yeah, all right, yeah, things are going badly, right? You're 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 wiping at like two percent constantly. But mm-hmm. You just gotta just think. You just gotta be like. You just gotta dust yourself off and try again. I think there was like a, mm. a, a there was like a song. I think that used those lyrics. Um, <laughs> right, right. But I think that's what it boils down to. Personally, is like if it's important to you, and if it's important to your team, that's that's what that's all you can do, right? Like, right. like being like looking into the past and being angry about something. Mm-hmm. Is isn't what is what I'm doing? How does it improve the situation that I'm currently in? How does it make things better? And if it's not making something better, uh, you just have to let go. Mm-hmm. You have to let yeah. go of it, right? Yeah. You should only hold on to what is making things better or what's improving things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm. I'm not sure. Like I've never seen another episode of your podcast. Sorry. But um, I'm not Terrible. sure how that's how other people. Have, I know, but <laughs> no, I'm not sure that's I'm how scared. other people. Have, <laughs> I'm not sure that's how other people have answered. But that's kind of my take on tilt. Is well, here's the great thing, like, and this is why I love having everyone on. Is everyone has a different answer to this question. Really? Everyone has a different approach right. to hand, handling tilt, and uh, I like that. I like the idea of just trying to hold on to the stuff that will help you get better, and and letting the other stuff go. Yep, that's. 
That's, that's it's really what it boils down to because otherwise it's just not healthy. Sure. So that, that by the way, that all everything I said is way easier said than done. <laughs> yep. That's yeah, very it's, it's very easy for me to sit behind a microphone and give that yep. advice and it's a lot more right. difficult to actually do it in practice. Totally. Totally. Especially if you've been sitting there for three hours, just like this thing is just not dying, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's like at what what point do you give up, you know? Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. And, I totally get it, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I really do. I, I'm glad uh we are able to sit down and chat. Like I said earlier. I, I, there's part of me that's kind of felt bad for, for t- I feel, I felt like I was taking advantage of you with the league, but that's not, that's not true. Like no. we, we partnered no. together to, to make the league, uh, what it was, but I just, I really admire you. I really look up to you. And as a part of the community, I think uh, you, you're so invaluable, but I understand kind of where you're at. So thanks for coming yeah. on the show and just kind of, you know, explaining everything, telling us all, all about that. Fear, I'll, I'll just say one thing. If I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, totally. Totally. I get it. Just always keep that in mind. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I get I it. I only do stuff that I want to do. So yeah. All right, man. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Have a good day. I just want to thank Sinek for coming on the show again. I want to wish him well. This isn't a goodbye, but he has definitely stepped back in the community a bit. And and for understandable reasons. Like, he's he feels burnt out. Gave a lot. And as he mentioned, you know, he did it because he wanted to. No one made him do any of it. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy for Sinek to find uh, some things that he can enjoy. Like World of Warcraft and the roller coaster stuff. And... You know, maybe be a little less stressed out about the rando stuff because when it becomes a job, when it becomes work, then it's no longer that fun. So he's such a good dude, and I'm really glad to call him my friend, and I'm glad he came on the show. So love to hear what you think. Make sure you show Synex some love as well. The dude has just contributed so much, and uh, yeah, just really glad to hear his story. We got four episodes left in the season. This Thursday, we'll be back with Trinex. Great conversation with Trinex. Super fun. Love his takes. Love his perspective on racing and the community. Just a helpful dude. And uh, I'm I'm very excited for y'all to listen to this one. It's a, it's a really great conversation. And I had a lot of fun talking with Trinex. So check that out on Thursday. So again, the 216 Weekly is this Saturday, noon Eastern, as always. Open to everyone. We'll be playing Inverosia. I'll be restreaming it on twitch.tv slash underscore. I'm trying to restream as many different people as I can. So if you want to be restreamed, just volunteer. I'm, I'm really trying to get everyone on. 216pod.com has the links to everything that you need. It has a link to my Twitch. has a link to the Discord. You can join the Discord. We're having lots of fun conversations over there, especially if you're into sports, especially if you're into football. A lot of football stuff going on in the sports channel over there, so uh, it's pretty active. Subscribe where you can. We're on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere that podcasts are available. So subscribe if you can. Leave a review for us as well. That always helps the show out. I haven't checked recently, but I'm hoping we get some more reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just spreading the word about the show as we wrap up the second season would be super helpful in getting more listeners for us. I really do appreciate you all. Excited about the league. Excited about the next seven weeks of of racing. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be covering it here on the show as much as I can. If you're a team in the league and you want to do some recaps, go ahead and shoot me a DM. Uh, I'd love to feature some teams on the show. Not full interviews, but uh, just some perspectives on your matches that are going on uh, during the season. So if that interests you and you don't mind talking, into a mic for a few minutes by yourself (laughs) shoot me a dm and uh, we can work something out i'd love to feature a few teams here on the show i really appreciate you all and thanks for listening to the show we'll see you on thursday